the SND Podcast channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. My name is Raven, professional wrestling superstar. Listen to Jay's Week in Wrestling Podcast. Quote the Raven, nevermore. Yo, yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to this edition of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I am your host. I am Jay. I am back bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling. And I have a hit for y'all tonight. This is episode number 70. And with WrestleMania season here already, we're about a month away from the grandest stage, the biggest show. No, no pun intended to Paul White, but... This is the what they call the granddaddy of them all, and I am super excited. The wrestling world comes together as one big happy family, puts on a bunch of shows, and tonight, like I said, this is episode 70, and I am excited. I have a very special guest on with me, a first-time guest on the show, a fellow wrestling aficionado, and I consider this episode... The J&J Show, because this is not J&J Security from 2014. This is Jay and my boy, my brother from another mother, Jay Arazo. Jay, what up, brother? Welcome to the show. How you doing? Hey, what's up, brother? What's going on, man? Excited to get on with you finally over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been in the works for a while, and we're finally able to do it. And I'm super excited, man. And, and dude, every time um, I have a new guest on the show, I always like to ask them one specific question before we get things rolling. Now with you, how did you first, and you may, and I'm pretty sure you've told me this before, but for the sake of the show, we're going to throw this out there. Where did you first find the love for professional wrestling? Okay. So basically it started, I want to say mid eighties. Um, you know, big time too. That's a big time. All right. So, uh, basically, you know, being from up North, you know, the first thing you really encounter is WWE. Yeah. WWF at the time. So you start seeing these uh, larger-than-life figures. And um, it was like Hulk Hogan, Junkyard Dog, um, the Killer Bees, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So one morning I just happened to be watching it, and I get intrigued. And uh, start just keep on, you know, just staying in it. And then all of a sudden one morning my grandmother – uh, happens to see me watching it and she sits down and starts, uh, Oh, let's watch it. Yeah. Now I'm the me. She's like one of the biggest wrestling fans and I have no <laughs> idea. So as I'm going forward, um, she's, uh, you know, cause back then it was, uh, it was preliminary. So you had your superstars, but there was always, it was always against the job, uh, yeah. you know, like the teenies, the enhancement uh, guys, the 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 what? Oh, what's that dude that used to always yell? Oh, what was it? <laughs> Iron Mike Sharp. Iron Mike Sharp. Yes, yeah. you have your Barry Horowitz. Um, uh, your Barry yeah, <laughs> Mario. It was just basically the guys that you know that okay. So here's the thing: like I have my grandfather too was another fan, but he was uh, like a 15 year military man, stern guy, coolest coolest grandparents in the world. But he would always say, like, like you would turn it on, and the first thing you'll hear Howard Finkel go, 
And in the ring now, Mario Mancini. He goes, oh, no. <laughs> and now comes on King Kong Bundy. Yeah, he's done. Forget about it. The five count. The five count. He'll hit him with the avalanche, get the five count, and that's it. <laughs> but then, um, you know, as I'm watching this, now my grandmother's telling me different things like, oh, but let me tell you about a real champion. Like, And, and that's where you start hearing older names. And she starts throwing out names mm. like, oh, there was a bag because – he, he pretty much spoke broken English. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, no, him, uh, Bruno San Martino, oh, me, poppy. Like, for her, that was the rock. Yeah, like, yeah. Think Bruno San Martino was like her poppy chulo. Like, that was <laughs> that's what the modern day rock is to women today. That was her rock. Like, you couldn't say nothing about that guy. Yeah. And then, oh, no, then there was, oh, Killer Kowalski. No, he's son of a bitch. Like, ah. you know, and you hear, <laughs> what? And, no, he do claw, and then he, he put it on people, and then done. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, those so, are definitely names from the past. Uh, and and you, everybody, modern fans, see Roman Reigns' title reign that he got now and think, you know, it's, it's very impressive, especially for right now. But right. they weren't around. I mean, we weren't either, technically, for technically, yeah. uh, uh, the big reign of Bruno San Martino, who I want to say had the belt for, what, seven years straight? Eight years, <laughs> you know, and then you see guys like Bob Backlund who had it for five or six years, you know, so there was long title reigns back then. So, but in the interim, so as, as we're growing up in the eighties and seeing these uh, wrestlers and then you start seeing comebacks like the Bob Backlunds, the yeah. superstar, and you start learning and going forward, then comes, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, remember back in the days. So, from that started coming other shows and that's where you get introduced to like once you become a fan now you discover something called the old nwa aha yep Flair. i was gonna like, ask you back then i know right. living in new york wwf right. at the time was considered the new york territory how what, what did you have cable back then or did a family member have it that you were able to get Turner or, or you know, the TBS or anything like that? Right. So basically, I remember I remember back then we Lord, I repent, but I know family kind of <laughs> like everybody else in the building, like you stole cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the hot boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the hot, boxes. <laughs> hot boxes to a building, but there's only one antenna. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um. So now here's the funny thing. Um, I don't remember. Like, I remember Channel 9 used to be the old channel for WWF. Yeah. But Saturday mornings, where you used to be able to catch AWA on Ooh. Channel 11. Ooh. And weren't they, were they on ESPN back then? They were also on ESPN. But at that time, I really didn't have um, yeah. that. But I knew it came on different channels. But AWA was one that I was able to see. And then there was... Uh, it worked. I forgot what channel, but I know you used to catch. You were able to catch NWA, so it's basically three majors. Okay. So from there, one afternoon, I remember one afternoon after coming home from school, it just happened to. I was changing the channels, and there was like a nonprofit channel. I think it was Channel Thirty One. Yeah. There was an hour show. I think it was from two to four or three to four, where if you caught it just right. And I know in my room, for whatever reason, I used to just catch that signal real quick. <laughs> and, dude, you, I, then, then you started, I saw World Class Championship Wrestling. Wow. And then I saw, 
So every day it was a different channel. That's it wild too that you were able to catch the the Texas shows and the the Minnesota shows and all that other stuff. Like every day, I remember specifically one day was WCCW World Class Championship Wrestling. Then you had UWF Universal. Ooh, that was uh, Bill Watts's federation, huh? right? Mid South, so I think uh, that was Mid South. I think it was Mid South. I was Doctor Dusty Williams. Yes, yes, yes. And um, I remember this one guy that I saw wrestling. And he actually came out in movies. I think he passed away. Uh, remember, there was a old, I think, Japanese Chinese wrestler named Professor Toru Tanaka. Toru Tanaka, yeah, yeah, yeah. He came out in a bunch That's, of stuff. Yeah. So I remember him. Then um. Then world class, there was Iceman King Parsons. There was the introduction. That's how you found out about the Von Erics and you found Von Erics and the, the Freebirds the and yeah. Freebirds. And then you hear actually the crazy thing was when videotape started coming out. There used to be a store uh, down the block from me, and they used to be able to rent a couple movie, couple of the videos. Yeah, so I begged my mom, which is <laughs> it's, it's kind of my fault though, but. You beg your mom for like, mom, please, can you get me a VHS tape? I don't care yeah. what it is. I just only want. So she got me my first wrestling, and my heart just sank. Cause it's like it's kind of like asking your mom's mom, can you get me a hot pair of sneakers? And then she brings you like the like the, the skippies. <laughs> the plastic. Oh man, dude, you remember those plastic bottoms? Plastic. Oh my goodness. Oh snap. Yeah, but, um, it's like the the Coliseum home videos from WWF were like big right. back then. The it's best so of Rowdy Roddy Piper, and then you you the see Roddy like, <laughs> so yeah, and then so I get my first my first VHS tape, and my heart saying like this is in WWE. <laughs> and the weird, but the weirdest thing is, I wish I still had it. My first VHS tape, believe it or not, was an AWA tape. And it was my introduction to the Road Walkers. Ooh. They were probably feuding with the Freebirds back then because they didn't have a long run in AWA. So it's funny, right? Because there's only two matches on there. Yeah. So the tape. And the only two matches, it was actually, it was the Road Warriors against Baron Von Rashke. Oh, wow. And and Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. Oh, wow. But you're talking young, young Kurt, young Kurt Henning, yeah. Nothing like Mr. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, he looked like fresh out of high school. Yeah, his dad, his dad was probably still wrestling at the time. He got him the gig over there, probably, because I remember oh. also, and and obviously this is before my time, but um, I think he and Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert were an enhancement tag team in WWF as well when Kurt yeah. first uh, came out of high school. And I, I believe you're right. Yes. And, and and for those who don't know, he went to high school with Rick Rude, I think Road Warrior, uh, Road Warrior Hawk, um, yeah, all, and uh, and a couple of the guys. They all went to the same high school. Yep, there was Rick Rude and the Andersons, and yes, I think the older brother was the one that brought them all in together. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's funny, man. So, and then actually, the second match on that tape was Mister. It was Kurt Henning. And the father, Larry the Axe, and he had Ooh, I actually had that match on cassette also. It was because I, I had a spot in Yonkers when I was a teenager called Wrestling okay. Central. It was on Central Ave. And it, okay. was, it was there for a few years, but, you know, they couldn't sustain that rent. Not, not, not every wrestling fan lived in that part of Yonkers. Nobody really knew about it. But, um, yeah. 
you walk into this place. I remember it vividly. I, at 12, 13 years old, kept asking this man for a job, but he couldn't hire me. He wasn't going to hire a little kid either. So, <laughs> But I just wanted to be there all the time. He had rows and rows and rows of video cassettes from all over WWF, WCW, ECW, Japan, everywhere from the different territories. And I was like, oh, my God, this dude must. Huh? Well, nothing's wrong. But like like you said, it's it's the access. Because remember, we live in a day where now promotion is everything. If you find a spot interested in it. You didn't know you could just type. You literally go on on your phone and basically find anything. Yeah, and back yeah. every everything was word of mouth. Yeah, but the compilations that were on these because you remember back in the day when you had those eight hour video cassettes and you put that sucker in the VCR and you press the SLR button and it'll record nice and slow. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it, you could record like four full length movies on one VHS. I oh, have, yeah. and I I want to say. I listen. I still have my VCR slash DVD combo that I had from when I was younger, and I have a bunch of. I still have my VHS tapes in my garage, compilations of random matches. It wasn't like random events; they were random matches, and it took up the whole eight-hour cassette. Talking about Jericho in the WAR Federation, I have the match with him and Benoit from the Super J Cup in New Japan. Um, just random stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, you got some, you definitely got some, some of this. Cause I don't even remember some of that. stuff. like, wow, I got yeah. the, I got the best and I got, I bought this DVD off of the, what is it? High spots. Uh, and they still do things. High spots and RF video, the Rob Feinstein website and stuff. Uh-huh. I purchased a six or eight DVD set. It was the best of the Steiner brothers in Japan. Now, it wasn't just New Japan. I think New Japan, All Japan, they, everywhere they wrestled in Japan, I have, it was a eight-disc set. I have it in my closet in my man cave. Yo, they matches with them versus Vader and Bam Bam Bigelow. Matches with them against uh, Hiroshi Hase and oh, what the hell was it? Uh, I want to say the Power Warrior, Kensei Suzuki, Kensei, uh, I forget his last name. Um, Yo, that used to tag team with Hawk when yes, Hawk broke up. yes. Kensuki yeah. Sasaki. Kensuki yeah. Sasaki. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, dude. Ugh. And it's just it, to be a fan and to have access to all that stuff. And like you said, now with the age that we're living in, that we could just look it up. It, it's it's yeah. endless. We we can get it anywhere for the most part. Oh, man. Yeah. And it, it's funny because now you just remind you. You remember you said uh, you started off with Raven. Yeah. I remember I saw I got to see Raven live. And that was, uh, this was during the Attitude Era. Remember when he went through the gimmick change? He started, he cut his hair and he yeah. wore things. He was like mid-card on the event. Yeah. But I still remember. So <laughs> the funny thing was, I went a couple times as a kid at MSG. I went one time during the Attitude Era with, uh, I remember we went with my wife a couple times. Yeah. She was original up there. So, of course, they own MSG. She used to be able to get tickets. Nice. She took me one time to... Uh, to an event and we went on a double so her girlfriend was just saying that ain't thinking too much about it my boy's there we just we chopping it up we just enjoying the show they're like oh this is cool yeah it's okay it's not really painful <laughs> you know what i mean yeah 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 it's a tag team match it's a it's an eight-man dance 
and it's the main attitude, guys. But all of a sudden, the rock comes out. Forget about and it. I, I blew on the side like, whoa, well, well, hey, how you doing? Like, <laughs> like, oh, hey, how you doing? It was the funniest thing, bro. Like, oh my god. Like, really? Like, oh, uh, show. he Come comes out show. all of a sudden. They're 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 the they're invested. <laughs> Tom Brady just came through the through the tunnel. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is oh, so man. funny. I mean, so considering it's WrestleMania season, okay. Um, your earliest and fondest WrestleMania memories, like from what was the first WrestleMania that you saw live, like on the TV? Oh, WrestleMania one. Oh, you so you saw it from the beginning. I, I, nice. I begged my old man like he was able to do it. I don't remember if he did it for me. He got to get me the. I got my, I got to see it because of course it's, it's the hype of Mr. T. Yes. At that everything is the A team and he's like the baddest dude around. So it's like yeah I had yeah and I still remember who was on that. Um, you got to think was Rocky three over already? Was that a that he because Hogan did that. Pre Hulkamania, right? So that was way earlier. Thunderlips was eighty three. Yeah, and it was eighty five. So he did Thunderlips while he was under the AWA, if I remember correctly. Correct. Correct. So okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, he did that. Um, so Mr. Uh, T was already like an established, like he was already big. That's why it was such a crazy like right. uh, so, extravaganza. Remember, right. So at that time, eighteen was really big on TV. Mm. So, um, and they were cool. And he actually came out in an episode on the A-Team, Hulk Hogan, mm. where all of a sudden, all of a sudden, um, I remember there's a scene in that episode where they go to the gym, some bad guys show up, and the wrestlers are there. And I think they beat the crap out of them, but I know the Bulldogs were in it. Ooh. And, or the guys. I don't remember offhand, but there was like a few wrestlers in it. I gotta look so, up that episode because I think the A team is on that Tubi app. <laughs> yo, yo, that Tubi app got some gems in it, bro. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so, so, I got I was a big Knight Rider fan. Like, yeah. Stuff, so I still got I still got my little I still got my little collectible candy from the eighties. A little retro, <laughs> but but yeah, man. So and then um I remember to this day, and if you see it, there's a singles match with Dynamite Kid, and it was so quick. I forgot who he wrestled, but dude, he just gave him that snap suplex, and mm-hmm. it was just done real quick. Yeah, yeah. I I remember Mick Foley actually told a story of how uh, back then he was an enhancement talent for a short period of time with WWF, and uh, okay. they they called him Jack Foley. <laughs> so he uh, he had a match with Dynamite, and um. He said dynamite was just so intense, and when he threw him into the ropes and gave him that hooking clothesline that that he did, he said he oh, yeah. hit Mick so hard that he broke his jaw. <laughs> wow, yo, dude! I mean, you think about it. I mean, and that's why, that's why, like, I was a huge Chris Benoit fan because he just yes. reminded me the look. The, the I mean, it was almost, and I think Benoit even said it like he patted himself kind of after him. But honestly, I, mean, I think he perfected it because. Dynamite, I mean, because of all the, you know, all the drug and steroid use and all that stuff, he didn't last that long. You know what I mean? Like, but Benoit, he, 
he kind of, not to say he did anything the right way, obviously with his end, but um, but but he obviously didn't abuse this stuff to the point where it deteriorated his his physique or his ability to move, his pretty much his ability to perform in the ring, because for okay. me. Yeah, Kurt Henning had the Mr. Perfect character, but for me, and this is just Kurt Angle, Bret Hart, Eddie, when he wasn't, you know, having his issues. For me, the perfect wrestler in that ring, for me, was Chris Benoit. Oh, yeah. Just, no, without a doubt. just the crisp the crisp uh moves, the uh, mm-hmm. the technical ability as the technical aspect of it. And the fact that it was very rare, and I've seen a few of his botches, but they were rare, rare. And and if we believe the story that Chris Jericho told on that Dark Side of the Ring documentary, that mm-hmm. that one match that they had where Benoit kind of missed like a drop kick or something like that, he punished okay. himself in the locker room by doing 500 Hindu squats because he missed a kick. You know, oh, you you can you can basically see like his. Not even knowing him, but like you could see, like he he almost had like a perfectionist attitude. And yeah. Yeah, I think there was where they where they did an interview and they said like like if you try to you know you try to mess with him, he would you know it wasn't unbecoming to him to let you know or to show you like nah you gonna I'm gonna stretch you or I'm gonna yeah. do what I gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> so not not somebody that you want to come across and get an attitude with. And the crazy thing is, it's like you know Benoit wasn't a big guy compared to all the giants that they have in the locker room he was maybe what five eight five nine but he was a brick he was a brick house man oh, two 235 absolutely. pounds of shredded juice oh, i mean <laughs> you, i mean you, you looked at you, you looked at the guy's traps like you need somebody you you want to get tackled yeah by. no just, no if he you and he locks you you're done yeah yeah it's just it's just it's and it's funny right because you you think of guys and you hear, now you say that and you think of, okay, because what came on my mind or I was going to touch base with you was a little bit on was like, who are those guys that, and I'm only saying this because I just, um, earlier I said, let me see what I see a quick video. And there was one on Ron Simmons. Ooh, good, good one. Right. So not to get off of that, but you see what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is these are poor guys. Yeah. Chris Benoit. Guys that in real life you do not want to play with. Yes, and and uh, did you see did you see the video of uh of them asking or I want to say it was Mark Henry and he was talking about uh, Ahmed Johnson who was totally not respected in the business and that he messed with Ron and he actually injured Ron and that's why I'm you because this is the exact video that I was watching. Yes, so the story of where um, he's on the podcast, Stone Cold Podcast. Yes, and that's he, exactly it. How Ahmed Johnson messed him up, and the dude—I mean, come on, Ronson is of all people. Yeah. And when he, bro, think about it. If he's, if he, if this man could do damage to you while having fun, yeah. what do you <laughs> do to you? I mean, did you see what he did in college football? Like the man, yo, he, he's. He's a Florida. Le- he's a Florida legend. Florida State Seminole. They uh they retired his jersey and everything. Exactly. Like this dude is just not somebody you want to trifle with. And if you have that reputation, like I don't know what Ahmed Johnson was thinking, but yo, when he came back, I mean, the dude basically just took him out of wrestling. He took him what- out. <laughs> I mean, and 
Johnson. Like you, you. Mm. And the crazy and the crazy thing is Ahmed Johnson at one point was actually very over. Like uh like when he first came in. Yeah. He, like the crowd ate him up and, and it wasn't for his great promo ability. He was a, he was a big in shape intense guy who was a decent athlete. He can jump all, all, out out the ring. He you know, he was a intense good athlete. Well, However, like, eh. right. <laughs> So you think when you see him, it's like, yo, this is the second coming of Tony Atlas. Yes. Back then, Tony Atlas was the was the measuring stick. Yeah. Like as far as physique, as far as the, you're the uh, one of the big men, you ain't gonna mess with him. Yeah. Yeah. He he definitely had that aura about him. Yeah. But I think everyone noticed as time went on, you know, he was very injury prone, and he looked lazy in the ring toward the time that they got rid of him. And it was like, oh, yeah. uh, he looks a little off. Like I would, and he only had a run of like two years because he came in around ninety six, and by ninety eight he was already out. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then he comes across my TV screen in WCW during those desperate times when they hired anyone. <laughs> and, oh, Harlem two thousand. Harlem oh, Heat two thousand. Oh, horrible! Like why he was you- so overweight back then. I, I want to say Ahmed was easily. 320-something pounds in WCW, easily. He was out of shape. He looked bad. He made Stevie Ray look very good in the ring. And and no knock on Stevie, but Stevie wasn't Booker in the ring. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, great tag team together, but on his own, eh, not so much. (laughs) You know know what you can look like? Remember when, I don't know if you remember this show, you remember when Tatanka had left and then came back? Yes. And he... I'm like, what in the world happened to this dude? Like, <laughs> dude, he—I mean, this dude was a rip. You know what I'm saying? He was—he like, was—he was a big. He was deceptively big. Tatanka was right. Yeah, and then he came back, and I'm like, oh, this dude look like Baby Shamu. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what? Happened to this dude? I, I was like, very oh. confused of why what? they brought Tatanka back in 2006. I was like, ah, that's it weird. <laughs> Yeah, it looked like okay, like in two thousand six, it was like, no. Let's say half that crowd in two thousand six weren't fans when Tatanka had an undefeated streak from ninety three to ninety four. Exactly. Who would who would have remembered Tatanka besides like the older crowd? Nobody. Exactly. <laughs> it's just some weird stuff that they did, and I get it. You know, you try to. You always want to try to rebuild and, you know, maybe give another shot or yeah. get somebody. But it's like certain things that, and and I say that's the problem with today. Well, until recently, but hopefully it's still not the case. But for whatever reason, WWE just, you already know, like, it, it, it's sometimes, okay, what do you, like, you have the opportunity to make something work. And then it's like, okay, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe. maybe. And, They've done that a lot. <laughs> it's just oversaturation. A lot of stuff gets, you know, and then a lot of things that they do that it's like, eh, okay, you kind of, if you're a true fan, you're insulting the fans intelligence. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I, I, I'm i not one to not give somebody a job or, 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 or advocate to not hire someone, especially if they need it. You know what I mean? If you're going to give them a shot, then cool. But, you know, I don't know. Like, all these dudes that Triple H brought back this year, you know, I, mm-hmm. I commend them for wanting to undo what the old man did. But right. some of the decisions the old man made, I felt were right. Because if you look at some of them, 
and right. we and we could go down the list. You know, your Braun Strowman's, your your Johnny Gargano's, your you know, uh, uh, most of these dudes, uh, Good Brothers, all, all these people, Mia Yim, who they're not doing anything with, uh, all these people that they brought back. The one mm-hmm. crew that came out that I was like, really, Hit Row. Now, now, I was not a fan of Hit Row even when they had Swerve. I thought the best dude they had was Swerve. Exactly. Then they got rid of all of them. Swerve has been doing his thing in AEW. Then you bring the crew back without Swerve, and they're even worse. It was like <laughs> exactly. There are things that I can't understand with it, um, but there are certain things where, okay, two that stick out in particular. I, I don't want to jump all over the place, so if you, if you, I don't want to get off topic. But real quick, the only reason why I bring this up is because this, the part that ticks me off with with WWE in particular is here you have a guy like one of my favorite wrestlers outside before he came into WWE was Karrion Cross. Yes. And I loved his his the the gimmick the the whole his whole character because he was just a real whatever he did what basically he had the components and he was doing everything right just yeah. like a Bray Wyatt like okay you're killing the character just let him be let him be himself let him do his thing yeah so what they did they brought him to the main roster I was like you just killed the character for me easy easy that you know what I mean? you don't bring your NXT champion at the time, to the main roster, and you feed him to an aging Jeff Hardy. Don't make sense. Jeff Hardy, first of all, that stupid helmet, oh. and that I'm like, listen, you're not Russell Crowe, and you, it, it looked like a cross between Russell Crowe's Gladiator and Shinobi. Yeah. That old video. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? Oh, like, are you serious right now? Yeah, that I never understood that, and that's obviously at that, especially at that moment in time, because Triple H just ran NXT. He had no real input on the main roster. Once, once you go to that main roster at the time when Vince was still in charge, Vince just takes over your whole damn thing. And it's similar. Jim Cornette used to give an example all the time of how when he ran OVW, they would call him up either John Laurinaitis or or Jim Ross or whoever the case. We we're gonna take one of your talents. We're gonna bring them up, and in return, we'll give you you know whatever uh you know Eugene or or whoever we'll we'll give you somebody for something. Right. So he told the story of how they took Danny Basham at the time, who was known as Damager, which was one of his biggest heels, his biggest characters in OVW. I think even the champion at the time. Uh, I could be off, but they right. bring him up. And they want to tag team him with Doug Basham and the 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 Shaniqua, which is uh, Linda Miles, who was on Tough Enough. Right. And, and they're going to put them as a team. And they shaved his head because they want him to match the other dude who was bald. So he had long hair, and, but he had to come back to OVW television. And those local crowds don't know what they're doing on the main roster for the most part. <laughs> so he comes back to, to OVW TV and Jim Ross is like, what the hell is this? He's like, he said he called John Laurinaitis. He was like, "You shaved my world champion, you dumbass! What are you doing?" He was like, <laughs> he was like, "You could have called me. I could have had a hair versus hair match or something, but now exactly. my champion just comes back cold like this. What, what are you doing?" He was like, <laughs> oh, but of man. course, and no one, no one's gonna have the nuts at now to do what Jim bit. used to do. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> but this, this is what I mean, man. It's like, okay, so it's it, it's like. 
you know, it's that stupid gimmicky thing. You know what I mean? Like this guy, like this guy, when he was coming to his end, uh, smash from demolition. Yes. And you turn him repo man, like repo really? man. Yeah. Stupid. I mean, for me as a little kid, I never knew. I, I, I didn't know. <laughs> because what? obviously Barry Darso cut his hair off and, and it had a mask on and stuff. But I would have never known that was him until later on. And I was like, oh. And then if you see Repo Man's matches, he's like, he punches just like Smash. He moves just like him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I get it. You know, sometimes you have to bring a little character or something different. But there's been some stupid things. There. Yeah. Yeah. And we could go into some of those weird gimmicks just for the fun of it. I, uh, do you remember when... um. <laughs> when Jim the Anvil Nightheart had a yellow mask on and he was called Who? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. <laughs> and I remember uh, uh, Howard Finkel, you know, because Who was an enhancement guy, but a lot of people didn't realize that was Jim Nightheart under there. And uh, Howard Finkel was, from parts unknown, this is Who? <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, like, man. oh my gosh, what the and heck? There's, there's some doozies in there for gimmicks, man. I, I there was uh, there was one guy. The, the he almost looked like a Bastion booger, but he was a monk. Yes, it was the same guy. It was the, the same fire, guy. The same guy, bro. <laughs> it was the same guy. He just had a different name. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's like a lot of people didn't know that. Do you remember? In I want to say in late 1996. They had a guy called the Executioner, and he had like a skeef, and he had the hood and all that stuff. But a lot yeah. of people didn't know that was a a thirty eight year old Terry Gordy in there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he he had his short brief run in ECW, and then he you know for a final hurrah got brought into WWF. But they said Terry couldn't really go like that at the time, so they said instead of embarrassing him, just put him in a mask. So nobody could see, you know, I guess how depleted Terry Bam Bam Gordy was. Wow. And then his um wasn't his son wrestling too? Like he was yeah. the one that he was with oh. Gallows. He was uh uh yeah. Festus and oh, Festus what the... and Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Ah, damn, what was his name? <laughs> uh Jesse Jesse. Jesse and Festus. Jesse and Festus. <laughs> wow, bro. That's when Festus will be like docile. Then they'll ring okay. like a cowbell and he'll wake up oh, and he'll start fighting people. <laughs> Remember that old that old classic wrestler, but they brought him back and he was old when he did it. He did that, uh, that uh, gimmick. Uh, it's called the Skinner. Skinner, yeah, that was uh, uh ooh, damn. He was a Florida. You know he was a Florida guy. Um, yeah. Oh God, it's, the name is all the top of my head. Skinner, yeah, they, that, he was a he was a he was a great tag team guy too. That guy. Um, that, Yes, he was. And then uh, who was oh, – and then there was that big guy look, that – I'm going to have to look him up now. That's going to be on my brain forever. I got to look him up. But, yes. He did, he did a character. He came back. Remember when Danny Spivey came back and he bought – and he did like this – Oh, he was Waylon Mercy. He was the original Waylon. Bray Wyatt. <laughs> there you go. See, there we go. Yeah, Waylon Mercy. Uh, I mean, Skinner was, was Steve Kern. <laughs> Steve Kern. Wow. Steve yeah, man. Steve Kern. Wasn't Steve oh. Kern part of the Fantastics with Tommy Rogers? Is that Steve Kern? No, no, he was on a different team, right? 
I think it was a different team. I don't think it was the same guy, but dude, man, it's like. Well, he was a good wrestler too, and he got brought back as Skinner. Yeah. Well, look at look at Doink the Clown, Matt Bourne. Matt Bourne was a good wrestler. Oh yeah, and then there was even uh, even even though uh, he was Big Josh in WCW, that was pretty bad when he came in with the with the bears oh, and stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. Oh man, it's like when you see you see so many guys that came back that they try to filter through, and then even as old guys, they don't move or like anything that like even Dutch Mantel, you see him in older stuff yeah, now. Yeah, Dirty Dutch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of him, that's actually that's actually good timing. Did you see what Ric Flair said about Dutch? No, I didn't catch that. What's up? Rick Rick posted on Twitter a picture of Dutch when he was managing uh, uh, Jack Swagger when he was uh yeah yeah, yeah. Zeb Coulter. Yeah. He was like, yeah. "Oh, I'm glad they didn't refer to you as a legend because you were just a a jobber." a disgruntled old man wrestler looking to make a name for yourself (laughs) (laughs) by talking, by talking crap or something like that. So he pretty much said that dirty Dutch Mantel is not a legend in the industry. It was just a bum. (laughs) I was like, Whoa, if Ric Flair came out of his face to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, well, you gotta think about it. that, he's a he's a Memphis guy, right? Like he came up with yeah. with Lola and 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 uh oh man, what's the huh? One of the southern guys. Yeah, yeah, dude. The, the, what was like Lola's dude? Like the oh man, I'm off tonight. <laughs> yeah, we got we gotta we gotta get down and so I gotta get on some more research, man. It's just some. Um, there's so many uh, superstar. Uh, geez, he managed Regal in WCW. Uh, yeah. Oh man, he was he was Sir William in WCW. Uh, he managed Regal. Uh, Bill Dundee. Jesus, Bill, Bill Dundee. Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> superstar Bill Dundee. Yeah, yeah. So you know what's crazy, and it would have been cool that you mentioned that, and I remember. There was a mega show that they did. And I wish WWE would do something like that or they could do like just, I mean, I guess there's too many things to work out, but there was a mega show back then where it was a, I think it was WC, it was a NWA, WCW clash with AWA. Oh yeah. That was a super clash. It was, um, it was like all the territories, like the last few territories that Vince didn't eat up. Like right. getting together to do a big show, AWA world class, and I think it had some NWA guys in there, um, and uh, and the Memphis territory. I, I want to say CWF or something like that. It was Jerry Jarrett's promotion, um, right? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they, they did a few super clashes, and that's the 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 most famous one, Super Clash Three. Which, uh, <laughs> that's when um apparently they didn't pay Lawler. Well, this is what Jerry says: they didn't pay him. And he had won the he had unified the the championships world class, and uh, that's when everything became USWA. He unified right. all the titles, but they said but Jerry said they didn't he didn't pay them, so he no showed the next USWA show and he kept the belt. <laughs> he kept it to this day. I still think he has that belt. So uh, I think he said Ganya and all those guys wanted to sue him or whatever, but he was like, oh, they, yeah, I didn't pay me, so I ain't bringing you your belt. <laughs> That's crazy, man. The cutthroatness, even back then, man. Like, you yeah. see it. And the thing is, Lawler, Lawler's like a, you know, Lawler's like a god in Memphis. So it's like, you know, you can't really come after him out there. <laughs> no, 
but this, this is what I mean. I mean, there's, there's a lot of that, that business. Is, it's, it's just a lot of ego. That's why all the territories got ate up. Because, I mean, think about it like this. Vince is just a shrewd, mean businessman. Yeah. He's just going to survive and destroy you. That's and how and how crazy is it that, that you got to see Vince as someone kind of like, like a like a Suge Knight, you know what I mean? Like like he's just that intimidating, you know, that even Lawler, among other of those guys that have been big business guys in their own right, in their own federations, all mm-hmm. end up working for Vince. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? mean? Like Vince it. took they over want- everybody. And they talked about it too. Once once, for example, uh Greg Gagne. Once you weren't willing to submit, because you already had the ESPN deal, yeah. So you know I'm you were national. You had a chance, but once you're not willing to, if you're not going to see brought a picture like, nah, I'm not satisfied with up north. I want the world. That was this guy's attitude. You were yeah. done. You oh, so, I mean, you could try to, you know, you lost Hogan. You lost all these big names. Once you once you lose your grip on it, that's it. It was it was a wrap. Yeah, and they and they and they tried to stay afloat, but they just had nobody. I mean, with all due yeah. respect to Larry Zabisco and 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 oh, you yeah, know Sergeant Slaughter and all these other guys, you had lightning in a bottle. They could have had Hulkamania, bro. They had it. They had Hulkamania, but but they just didn't want to let him run with the ball. They that that match that he beat he beat uh Nick Bockwinkle for the world title, right? Like they. Ugh. <laughs> They could have had Hulkamania, and they ruined it. <laughs> so your you know? your dream. So let me ask you your dream scenario right now. Who you want right now? WWE um, as a champion. Um, like, like it, today's generation, or just you know. So let's say, let's say today's generation. Like, who do you want to see up there now? Because Roman Reigns' time is coming, but it's just who who do you see? Who do you want to see there? to be the man. Well, I think uh I think they got the right opponent for him in with, with Cody. I think right oh, now I think right now in terms of popularity besides Sami Zayn and I think they kind of ruined that a little bit because now you had you, one, you so had yeah. it. You had it right there. You had the perfect scenario, but that was such a Vince McMahon move that they pulled have the guy lose in his home country. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even if Sammy was a transitional champion, I would have been okay with that. You know what I mean? Because I mean, now I think I don't, and this might be a little whatever, but Sammy's not going to get to that level again. I, at least I don't think so. No, no. Cause you just, you, you built it up. You had, again, this is an example of you built it up. You have the perfect, um, you have the perfect ingredient, perfect recipe to make it work. And yeah. then you do like, okay, so you have him. That's like LA Knight. You had him in this awesome match with Bray Wyatt. You promoted it. You hyped it. It made you a million dollars. Nice storm and you job him to Kofi. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. Then, and if you're going to throw him to somebody, throw him to somebody else, but. I mean, come on, the dude's the tag team specialist. He's not really the man anymore. Why? You know what I'm saying? It's just this is a dude that okay, lightning in the bottle, like you said, but he's up there. Yeah. Forty. Yeah. So if you're gonna make something happen with him, make it happen now. Yeah. And 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 I don't 
think Roman it, it wouldn't have hurt Roman at all to to lose to Sammy that night um in Montreal and and nope. but you know he still would have had his two year record it still would have been intact what mm-hmm. just just to him to lose one month later to Cody because i in my opinion just you know uh uh you know fantasy booking here before the time comes and we'll I'll make my predictions the the show before WrestleMania comes but early book in in my head I see Cody Rhodes winning that night so you could have had Sami Zayn even in a triple threat match listen do a three-way I don't care but at least you have something to work with where like okay everybody's excited bloodline there's 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 deception there's this that and the other you you made it seem like there was some little hope with Jay even even taking Jay out of the equation. Yeah. If if you wouldn't have had him turn on him, you could have built him up and he could have been the next to step in line where yeah. have a good singles run because he almost took it he almost put it on Roman. Yeah. Yeah. Again, but this is I mean, there's so many different ways. I mean, it's like, okay, at this point, you know, we could we could all speculate and things like that, but you know, we ain't the ones writing over there. But it's like, what in the world are you thinking? Yeah, it's almost like they 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 kind of had cold feet to pull the trigger right there to to give Sammy that to, to give Sammy that win that night. It was like, you know what, the crowd is on fire. You know, we're in Canada. This is the, probably the perfect time to do this. They probably were like, all right, let let let's do it. And then when the time came, no, 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 let's not do it. <laughs> because it takes me back to, like, the year 2000 when uh, Mick Foley was feuding with Triple H. Yep. He came back as Cactus Jack for no mm-hmm. way out. And I feel like this is the pay-per-view. God knows why. But this is the pay-per-view I feel like that I've seen the most <laughs> as a child going to my father's house every weekend during the Attitude Era. Yep. I had... St. Valentine's Day Massacre, 1999, on video cassette, and I had No Way Out, 2000, on cassette at that point in time, and I watched those damn tapes to death. Okay, so, <laughs> so No Way Out, 2000. It was Cactus Jack and Triple H in a Hell in a Cell match. Okay, wow. If if Mick Foley, Cactus Jack loses this match. He retires. Kayfabe retires because Lord knows he came back 500 times after that. So if he wins yeah. the match, he obviously wins the world title and gets his dream to main event WrestleMania as the world champion. Long story short, Triple H wins the match. Cactus retires. Yep. Jim Ross, you know, Godspeed McFoley to end the show. Boom, boom, boom. A few weeks later, Triple H has a triple threat match at WrestleMania lined up with him. Rock. Big show because Austin is injured at this point. Um, And there's a McMahon in every corner. Shane is with Big Show. Vince has The Rock. Stephanie is with Triple H. Here comes Linda McMahon walking out. I am going to have a a person in this match, and I feel like this man deserves it. Everybody give it up for Mick Foley. And Mick Foley gets his dream of main eventing WrestleMania anyway. They could (laughs) have did something like that. Yeah, let's say Sammy got beat in Canada. Okay, cool. Right, but let's insert him into this main event of WrestleMania because he's been the hottest freaking act in this company all year long. And and that's the thing, like it's it it almost becomes like you you get into a you get into like a a TV series and it's like the most hottest show and you can't wait and it's and it keeps you on the edge of your seat 
And then you get to the last thing and like, are you kidding me? This is what they did. <laughs> yeah. are you, this is the way you're going to end it. And, and no, I, I, and I understand maybe they have PTSD of Dave Batista, Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton. Maybe, maybe they have PTSD with that. The difference yeah. is Cody was not getting shoved down everyone's throat like Dave Batista was at the time. Exactly. Especially since Daniel Bryan was white hot at that point. Everybody yep. wanted Daniel to win. The difference is I feel like they did that a little bit better because I don't think Sammy has hurt Cody Rhodes' opportunity here, unlike Daniel did to Dave Batista. Right. Cody has been a sentimental favorite since coming over from AEW. They've played the Dusty Rhodes card to death during this whole storyline. Now, now, side note, do you feel, and I pretty much just said it, but do you feel it's been the Dusty Rhodes stuff has been too much or just enough to keep Cody? Because I felt like Cody was over without doing the whole Dusty stuff, but do you think it's been a little overkill? A, li- a little bit, and I only say this because I mean, think about it. We already know, uh, you, you, we already know the kind of respect he commands. Yeah, you don't necessarily need to repeat it fifty million times. Oh, because look how look how subtle they did it when Cody came back and wrestled uh, Seth. No, not with the, uh, yeah, Seth. yeah, yeah. And saw oh, Seth wore the po- the polka dots to kind of, in, you know, what I'm saying so. There's little hints that you could give without having to go yeah. so and that's the thing. Like we know the legacy, we know already the the background of it, and we know the tribute. It's a great story, and it is a great story. Yeah. And you know you want to carry it on, but you don't have to mention it every single time. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's like we get it. Dusty was an integral part of the early run of NXT. He was a mm-hmm. part of it when it was Florida Championship Wrestling. He trained. Yeah. He helped trained. Well, not necessarily. He helped fine tune because a lot of those guys that came in, like Seth, who came from Ring of Honor, Dean Ambrose, uh, uh, you know, Moxley came from doing what ten years of the Indies before this. Yeah. I'd say, and and you know what, it actually kind of works perfect with this because I'd say the only one he really trained and fine tuned from the ground up was Roman Reigns because Roman didn't come from the Indies. Roman didn't, you know, he was a WWE born and bred character and wrestler. This guy, if if WWE was a chicken that laid eggs, Roman was in one of those eggs. You yeah, know? Exactly. <laughs> so. Started what? Loki? Loakai? Loakai? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, the stuff that he did say, the, the little confrontation that he and Cody has had Lately, Just like enough. to build this up has been pretty good. They, yeah, they, no, that, that was good. That I that I like. Yeah. That wasn't too bad. So I mean, I like I said, early booking, early early predictions. I I I see Cody walking out with the championships. Now, if I wanted to play around with it a little bit, a friend of mine from 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 New York who actually is, you know, th- their show is pretty much the flagship show of the channel that we're all a part of. Um, he okay. gave me a scenario. He said, what if the bloodline attacks Roman after the loss to Cody? Now, it sparked me because what I'm thinking of is the NWO attacking H- Hogan after losing to The Rock. So let's say Cody beats Roman in a barn burner old school slobber knocker 30 minute drag out knock him down fight 
and then babyface Roman. And oh. Roman shakes Cody Rhodes' hand, gives him a big old hug in the middle of the ring. You know, the whole dusty thing brings them together. The, you know, big old whatever. Then Solo Solo Sokoa attacks Roman Reigns. And then he looks at his two brothers, the Usos, who are in shock. And they jump in and help Solo beat down Roman Reigns. So basically, so what, so basically, which is saying, like, one Samoan spike and then pick him up. And then a double kick. A double super kick, possibly some splashes or whatever. And let's say this is – then Cody actually has to help Roman get these guys out. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but you know Because what? guess what? If Roman has to take some time off after this, you're going to need a new big heavy in the bloodline to keep it going. Why not mm. Solo Sokoa? Build him up. Yeah. Okay. Why not? Yeah. And then everybody thinks, oh, it's the downfall of the bloodline. Roman lost. And let's say the Usos lost to Sammy and Kevin Owens or whoever they're going against. I'm assuming it's Sammy and Kevin. Um, and which... you know, I might have to go on WWE shop after this and cop a bloodline. I might have to. <laughs> I think 2023, mid to late 2023, is going to be a big year for Solo Sokoa. I'm throwing, uh, that's my prediction. And he may be the new head of the table that Paul Heyman takes under his wing. You know what? It's, I, could, I could rock with that story. That's not a bad idea. And if Jacob Fatu wasn't signed to MLW for two more years, I would say bring his crazy ass. <laughs> Listen, man, there's so many. There's, there's so many. I mean, it's the first show, but there's so many. I already see it, bro. We're so, we're so going all like to get excited. <laughs> So definitely we gotta we gotta definitely top it up again for for a pre WrestleMania show. Oh heck yeah, it's happening. It's happening. Oh, so sp- so speaking of 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 the event, there's uh I'm gonna just go through what matches they have so far because they didn't fill the two nights yet. Okay. Um, okay, here we go. So so far, you have ain't no way that's it. <laughs> All right, Wikipedia did me dirty. Um, so <laughs> they only have Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. God knows why. All right, so we <laughs> I, I, you gotta say Seth and Logan, but yeah. So we got Seth Rollins going against Logan Paul. We're gonna assume that Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio are gonna have a match. Um, the first uh, Hall of Fame inductee. Yeah, and do you know? Did you see who's inducting him? Who's who? Nah, I didn't get to see it. Conan. <clears throat> Conan. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So apparently, and this and that news came out at some point today. Uh, Uncle Dave Meltzer uh, <laughs> posted it out there saying that uh, Ray requested Conan. WWE already accepted, so it's just a matter of uh, you know getting the okay. details drawn up. Because with the with the the feud going on with Dom in storyline, they're not gonna have Dom. You know. They're not gonna have Dom induct them. So, I I mean, Conan for me is is the best fit because Conan has been like raised like big brother, you know, father figure in in pro wrestling for me at least from what I've seen. You know, and I'm a big fan of Conan. I know a lot of people didn't really care for his his wrestling, but I'm a I love Conan, bro. I'm a big fan. <laughs> oh yeah, he, yeah. He he's straight up. He's he's a straight up no nonsense. Like yeah. He just, 
the fool is like, there's no filter. He's going to definitely tell you how it is, what it is, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so far, the rest of the cards so far, we have Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. We right. have Bianca Belair and Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Then we're looking like we're going to have Lita, Trish Stratus, and Becky Lynch against all three members of Damage Control. Um, Then here's where it gets funky. Got Brock Lesnar versus Omos. Ugh. Uh, <sighs> Why? Why? <laughs> you know what? I tried. I tried to get somewhat. I just it, it does nothing for me. The only saving just, grace I can see from this, and I don't know if you saw the picture on Twitter, but MVP is teasing a new hurt business. Okay. And yeah, I've I've heard yeah that he's been trying to like me little little hints and stuff like that. He actually but, took a picture backstage with the the quote unquote group already and posted it online. So <laughs> we're looking at Car- Carmelo Hayes from NXT. We're looking at Omas, and we're looking at the Street Profits. All right, um, <laughs> and of course, if Lashley decides to to jump in. You know, there you go. There's your new Hurt Business. Where that leaves Shelton, old Shelton, and, uh, you know, Cedric Alexander over there, that probably leaves them on main event. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, if I that just, new Hurt Business comes out and jumps Brock Lesnar. <laughs> man, I, and then the other thing is, like, what I'm just hoping for, because, you know, it's always what you really get excited for around WrestleMania. It's always the war after, right? Yes, yes. At least one surprise, because Rumble kind of left me, like, Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it was okay, but it just wasn't the same the same reaction. Yeah, I'll be honest, it really didn't do it for me like that. And normally, yeah. that just that that cool one surprise or one good shock and nothing. So you're hoping that WrestleMania will give it to you this year. Oh, you know, and and I'm pretty sure you're on the same page with this one. Jay White. Jay White. Oh Here yeah. <laughs> Hope is something, bro. Uh, like now, you know where is he on the card for you? If he just pops up, is he, you know, I see U.S. title, or do you just put the the rocket on him straight to the main event? Because because you know, yes, this is the perfect crowd to do it with because your WrestleMania crowd is going to be your smart crowd. You're not gonna ha- you're not gonna have that crowd every week. But if, you know, you had Jay White appear in, you know, some small rinky-ding town somewhere, is there yeah, going exactly. to be a reaction for Jay White? <laughs> I, I say drop him in WrestleMania and do something. Because this is the thing. This is, you have, see, this is the thing that people don't realize. Like, the dude, he's been wrestling for years, but he's still a baby. He's young. Kid. He's young. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Young, so you have the perfect opportunity. You got him in his prime. Right now, if if you let him go, he's gonna be like your Kobe. Like yeah, you know, yeah. Just that worker, that dude. He's 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 dare I say a, a, a Steph level. Yeah, yeah. He's on that round. He's in that that ballpark. Um, you gotta do. You gotta do with him the way they did with MJF. Just let him rock. Yeah. Do his thing 
and let him just propel because right now we're or even what they did with AJ when he first came in. When he first came in, exactly. You gave him that. You know, he needs that pop. He needs that push. And you gotta like, don't play games with him. Don't know. Don't NXT this guy. No. Don't. No. He's not an that. NXT guy. Just start throwing him to the wolves. Let him rock. Throw a belt on him. Whatever. Well, speaking oh, yeah. speaking of NXT and speaking of the night after WrestleMania, what about Braun Breaker? Bring him up to the roster, ladies. Huh? SmackDown or Raw? Because SmackDown's a good show. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 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 if Braun Breaker gets thrown in there, you got guys like Walter, you got McIntyre, you got Sheamus, you got some brutal dudes that he can have matches with. I want I honestly I'd rather here's the thing. I get more excited about things that you do in Raw sometimes. So my thing is what do you think? Throw Jay White into Raw and then give this guy um give, Braun up the smack. Yeah, I'd say Jay White on Raw. And Steiner's kid on SmackDown. And his kid on SmackDown. Let yeah. him, yep. I think he could have good quality matches on SmackDown. And within a year or two, if he jumps to Raw, then he could have some fresh stuff over there. But I think he could get solidified on SmackDown for sure. No, uh, definitely. But he, he he got he got the Steiner look. He's just gonna he's gonna bring that he's gonna bring that certain pop to SmackDown without having to you know what I mean? Like yeah. yeah. Do you feel bring, like even though they're not going to do it because they're stubborn, why not just call him Steiner when they bring him up? <laughs> that name is not dirty anymore. The Steiners are in the yeah. Hall of Fame now. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, and that's the other thing, too. The stupid name changes and all of the... Yeah. The, the, the like, just... Yeah, we already know it. You know, there's no... He looks like him. It's not like... It's like a Charlotte Flair. You already emulated yes. the move. You're doing the Frankensteiner. You you're wearing your father's gear for God's sake. Just give Literally, him. he doesn't even have his own. <laughs> he looks just like the yo. It looks just. He's a Steiner. He built he, like a Steiner. Yeah, he's, he's the perfect Steiner. mix of Rick and Scott. Perfect mix. Perfect blend. He got. He got. He got. Uh, he has his uncle's genetics. His father's look. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then <laughs> they give Bray Wyatt Bobby Lashley. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, that's the thing too. Like I, I, I like, I like what he's doing, but they're not doing enough to to bring it to to the, the full fruition. Like enough of it. And now Unc- the Uncle Howdy character is getting a lot more physical in the ring now. Like he's actually yeah. attacking people, and you know Lashley slammed them down. Now when you, now the clip of of Uncle Howdy grabbing. Lashley and yelling in his face or, or, or whatever. The camera got a little too close to Uncle Howdy's face because when he did that little screech, <laughs> I was like, look at Bo over here. Look at Bo. Is this, is this the same dude that was... Uh, remember when, I, I still always remember that video where um, where uh, Heyman's doing the, the promo yeah. and you get better understanding. <laughs> I mean, you feed him Bo Dallas. Yeah, yeah. All you gotta do is Bo yeah. I'm like, oh, man, you knew. I'm like, dude, right now you just made this kid look like the ultimate jobber. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he took him to Suplex City, and yeah. it's not like, I mean, it's one thing that you go to Suplex City. It's another thing when you look like he just, I mean, the dude looked like he was flying through a bar, like a bar window. Like, well, the thing is, I, I was a fan of Bo. Like, uh, when uh, he did the NXT stuff, and then when he first came in, the Bo Leave stuff was 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 cooking. It was rocking. It was doing its thing. 
But they, I feel like they never gave Bo a shot because of how he looked. You know, he was very, uh, very flabby. By the time he got to yeah. the main roster, you know, he it wasn't a very becoming look. And then they put him in a singlet to try to hide it. But you know, I just yeah, feel I, like I just feel like they Vince didn't really he he didn't really know what to do with Bo at that point. You know, and then yeah. you know he put yeah. him with Curtis Axel. Now the thing is, a lot of people might not know this, but you know how there's a lot of like second generation tag, mm-hmm. uh, you know, wrestlers and second generation this and blah blah blah. I, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, to my knowledge, was the very first third generation tag team. Yeah, read that, yeah, because because uh, remember, there's a there's an actual picture where and I didn't even know this. So Larry in I I think it was IWA, one of the independents. Yeah, so I think he Larry was teaming Pop, with Blackjack with Mulligan. With Blackjack, and they were actually champions of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, so man. it was like wow. <laughs> First, third, yeah, and then and they turned them into the B team. You remember? Uh, <laughs> with the stupid <laughs> a one T shirt, man. That was so it bad. Looked like they gave a five year old a crayon and said, "Here, draw something." A and they put B. It on it. They put a B on it, and they were the. <laughs> oh man! So and then the main event obviously is is Reigns and Cody. Um. There's rumors going around. I don't know how true it is. I think it got, you know, got debunked by now. But there was rumors going around that L.A. Knight was going to wrestle Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, if that does happen, that would be cool. <laughs> and 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 good and good for L.A. Knight, you know. And, and the thing is, I went to MegaCon last year, right? And, and I met Kevin Owens for, like, the third time in my life. So, and my son, my son wanted to meet him because he's a big fan and stuff like that. So I'm talking to KO and, and I just tell him, I said, listen, dude, like I met you twice when you were Kevin Steen in ring of honor. I met you at the Hammerstein ballroom a couple of times. And I don't know, did I ever show you that picture that I took with KO, the young bucks and Adam Cole? I, I no, I don't think you did. Okay. So in Pro Wrestling Gorilla, PWG, in California, right. based in California. I think it was the same area that they did for Lucha Underground. So yeah. they had a gang back in, I want to say, 2012 into 2013 called Mount Rushmore. And Kevin Owens was like their, their tank, their heavy, you know. Then you got the Bucks and, and Adam Cole was the champion. So everybody protected Cole. So... They they had a big old group, and then the thing is, a lot of those guys later on, back and forth, worked for Ring of Honor. So I would see them, and I went to the autograph signing, and they had an option for where if you wanted to take a Mount Rushmore picture. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm doing that. So I, <laughs> so I was online, and I and I met the Bucks, you know, Matt and Nick, and I was like, hey, I want a I want a Mount Rushmore picture, and they were like, oh yeah, I was like, yeah, all right. So they said, Adam, yo, Kevin, come here, Mount Rushmore. So. We all get in line. I'm in between all of them, and we put the two sweet sign up and take the shot. But I told KO about that, and he was like, wow, that's that's kind of a – I showed him the picture, and he was like, yo, that's a rare picture. You should get that framed. And I was like, I am. And then one day I'm going to have all y'all sign it. <laughs> but um, he was probably the most cool and humble wrestler I've ever met. Um, he, I spoke with him for about five minutes. 
he took the time out to talk to my son for about two or three minutes. And, um, and I told him, man, I said, bro, I remember when you started and last year you main evented WrestleMania in Texas against Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was like, I'm sure that was a big deal for you, and I'm just happy for your success, bro. Just keep it going. And he was so humbled, and he was like, thank you so much, you know, blah, blah, blah. Coolest guy, bro. Coolest dude. Um, yeah, he bought it. He, I mean, he got permission from his idol to use the move, man. Yeah, yeah. And he, and, he, and, he, and he did a lot of cool stuff, Ring of Honor, man. He yeah. Did, that's, definitely, that's definitely one that you, you – like I could definitely say, still one of my favorites right now. Yeah, it's just you no. Know, that's the thing when you have when you have something when you have something good like that, don't change it. Just yeah, let it be. Let yeah. it let it flow. You know. And it's funny, like when we see him on TV now, <laughs> my son goes, "Oh, it's my friend Kevin Owens, Daddy. How's he doing?" I'm like, oh, "He's all right." <laughs> I'm pretending <laughs> like if I know him like that. <laughs> um, but you know. I, I, I was I was out because I was telling you uh, the other day, right? I, I saw you like one day. Um, it was a, a couple of weeks ago, man, a few weeks ago. So I'm I'm just I just happened to turn on oh, NXT's on. What what's going on? All of a sudden, I look in the front. I'm like, is that Jonathan? <laughs> Literally, I mean, dude, you were right there. I'm like, I was like, oh my goodness, man. I can't, yeah, that's man, crazy. dude, I I really miss when uh, NXT was in full sale because it it like. I, I work maybe a half an hour away from there. So after work, a couple of boys of mine from the job, we, we went to a bunch of NXT shows just back to back to back because technically it wasn't free, but the tickets I used to buy were super cheap. Like they were like maybe 10 bucks, but you had to get there early enough to get a good seat on and be able to get seen on TV. So... Now, ever since COVID, they don't do it in full cell anymore. They do it in the performance center. So I didn't go to an NXT show for a long time. I want to say like a good two years, I guess. And then I finally figured out how to go. Like it was a random drawing. You know, you got to apply online and stuff like that. But once you are able to go once, you get emails every week with a link asking you to, to, to attend. So I get emails every week to attend NXT, but it's, you know, it's not easy, you know, having a family, full-time job. And then, you know, when, when, when I do to go to those Tuesday night shows, I don't get home till about after 11 o'clock and I wake up at three in the three 50 in the morning to go to work. So it's not the easiest thing in the, in the world to do. Um, (laughs) But the funny thing is the performance center arena is so small. There's no bad seat. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's definitely it's gonna give you that that uh, like a Hammerstein feel, like yes, right there. exactly. And compared yeah. to Hammerstein, I mean, compared to the Performance Center, Hammerstein Ballroom is Madison Square Garden. It's huge. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Performance Center is that small, dude. Uh, it is that oh. little. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. One day we gotta. Yeah. Oh, somehow we gotta make- absolutely, okay. absolutely. Oh, and the thing that's- is, to get the best seats, dude. These, I. <laughs> I I did like an experiment. One time I I I requested some some vacation time. So I left work a little bit early. I got to the performance uh, not the performance center. You actually have to park at Full Sail University and a shuttle bus starts picking the crew start picking the the fans up around 6 o'clock to go to the performance center. You can't park at the performance center. So right. um 
to get a good spot and to get a seat in the front row ringside, technic- and technically NXT is free. You don't pay at all. You know what I mean? It's just they got to right. pick you out of the hat, you know, to go. So people camp there at like 9, 10 in the morning. You know what I mean? People are there oh. all day long waiting for a spot. So I said, let me let me see how early I can get there. I got there at like one that day that you saw that night that you saw me on TV. I right. got to Full Sail University to wait for the shuttle buses at one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's dedication, brother. Bro, <laughs> and there was already twelve people in front of me. <laughs> wow. So I asked one of the kids that were there. I said, "Hey, yo," I was like. How early do these guys get here? He said, on a rant, on a regular Tuesday, they probably get here around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. But he was like, yeah. on like a takeover or like a special event, they'll get here at 6, 37 in the morning. I was like, what? I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was that like, was- wow. Listen, I was like, no that's way. That's like that's like back up north. We used to be up there and, you, and you'll go like on Thanksgiving and – yeah, the Porsche. Oh, like, dude, I'm not, I'm not giving up Thanksgiving on front of a Best Buy just yeah. to get a deal. <laughs> ridiculous, right? I remember or, that, bro, for Black Friday sales. Yo, you dude, go right after dinner, bro. Like, <laughs> you go bro, get online. I, I, you know what's the funny thing? Like, I would, I would work up north, right? And I would go start overtime, and I start sometimes three in the morning, and I would go. And I'm like, dude, in the winter, I would see dudes. It's like waiting for sneakers. I'm like, it's not that serious. <laughs> like, in, the in front of a store with a lounge, like a beach chair. Yep. Like, yo, y'all ridiculous. I'm sorry. I've it, seen I, I've seen tents. I've seen all sorts of crap, bro. <laughs> like, I saw, I'm like, dude, I saw, bro, the biggest one was, if, you, if you're familiar with sneakers, I don't know, you remember the, when the phone posit yeah. came out up there? They had that cosmic one. The dude, I, I think a guy online traded his car. Oh my god! I, I kid you not, man. Like yo, you, you guys are really like out there, like wow. brother. You, it's not that serious. It really, I mean, but I mean, again, I'm not one to. I mean, if you dedicated like that, so be it. Like I'm a, I'm a huge fan, but dude, I'm seven in the morning. Nah, that's wild. That's it's wild. Hard Oh, no, 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 no. Well, a similar story, uh, a friend of mine, when I lived in Yonkers at the time, he was like one of my best friends. We got a notice, and this was in 2010. It was around 2010 or 2011. We got a notice that CM Punk was going to be at Madison Square Garden outside promoting not only the Survivor Series at the time, but the new WWE 2K12 video game so so we're like all right we're gonna go see cm punk all right let's go so we thinking we getting the jump on everybody we on the metro north at 6 30 in the morning making our way to msg we get off on grand central we take the shuttle to go to the other the west side then we we make a couple stops away from msg we get there and we see nobody we like oh we good we chilling all of a sudden we hear hey yo the line starts that way (laughs) Yo, there was a line around the block, bro, and people had tents. They were like, people camped out here last night. I was like, what? Overnight? I was like, damn. I was like, nah, nah, that's wild. I was like, 
Watch, man. <laughs> I was like, I'm nah. a fan, but then that's when I realized I'm probably not as big as a fan as I thought I was. <laughs> yeah, that that must be hard trying. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh man. man. We got to definitely uh, – we definitely got to set something up pre-pre. Oh pre yeah, season. yeah. I definitely. Well, with with uh, and we'll close with this. With 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 Mania season here, I'm gonna refer to these next like few shows as the friends and family series because you know uh, I'm bringing you in. I got uh, I'm bringing my uncle on one episode. I got my pops, who's uh, who's actually my co-host for my horror podcast that I got. So I'm gonna bring my pops in. He's been wanting to do a wrestling show too. Um, and then when it comes time for the pre-show for Mania, I'm going to have a nice little crew with me and, and you're going to be a part of that. So, um, I got a bunch of shows lined up. Mania season's here. It's the best time. It's like, it's like freaking Christmas time for wrestling fans. It's like our Super Bowl. It's all, you know, everything. So it's uh, coming. Cool for, huh? cool first, I mean, we, we did, we, we were touching, we, I mean, it's a little bit broad, the spectrum, man, but there's so many ways we, we did gimmicks. Yeah. We did, yeah, there's so much to unpack with it, man. Heck but yeah, we and, and that's that, we didn't even get into AEW stuff. <laughs> so there's like, there's plenty of things that we can, you know, jump on, you know, in future shows and stuff like that. That's the beauty of, of this with all the history, with all the, you know, the things that connect to what we are watching now. You know what I mean? Like, that's the beauty of being a, a long-time wrestling fan. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. I had a blast, brother. Yes, Absolutely. sir. Yes, sir. And I'm going to definitely have you back on real soon. So oh, I want to thank my brother Jay for coming on here. This was episode 70 of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I just want to let everybody know you can catch my show, my other show as well, my Nightmares on J Street Horror Podcast, on the S&D Podcast channel of shows you can catch it on any podcast platform known to man. <laughs> Anywhere you can find it, just Google it. I'm also on social media. You can catch all my links and johnnypodcaster.com where you can listen to all my shows. I posted all there. And, um, yeah, this was episode 70 for my boy Jay. Jay yes, as well. Catch you on the next episode. It'll be episode 71. Peace, everybody. Yeah.